The Chicago Bulls get a big overtime victory with a huge fourth quarter from Kobe White and a huge overtime period from DeMar DeRozan. We're going to talk about that, how Billy Donovan changed up the rotations and how it worked to help the Bulls against the best defense in the NBA when they faced off against the Minnesota Timberwolves. We're also going to talk about the Bulls still being active leading up to the trade deadline and what could happen at this trade deadline. Probably a lot of nothing. We're going to get to all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host there, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into this contest. The Chicago Bulls, of course, got an overtime victory over the Minnesota Timberwolves. And this was a game with, by the halftime period, the Bulls looked like they were out of it. They did not have the energy. They weren't playing enough defense. The Minnesota Timberwolves were rocking and rolling, and it came down to it. The Bulls kicked it in, starting a nice run in the third quarter of the game. And then by the end of the game, just Kobe White went absolutely nuclear in the fourth quarter. We'll talk a little bit about that. But Kobe White had 33 points, seven assists, uh, five rebounds. He also made seven three-pointers after going, what, 0 for 4 in in the first uh in the first half, Demar Derozan with another thirty three points, five assists, four steals, three rebounds from Demar Derozan. Nikola Vucevic with twenty four points, six rebounds, four blocks. Drum with sixteen and sixteen and four uh and four blocks as well in that game. Like the Bulls were rocking and rolling, and the way that they played in the second half of this game really was the determining factor of them being able to pull it out. And the Bulls just came out in that second half and just had a really good game plan. I got to give hats off to Billy Donovan for the for the way that he coached in the second half of the game. Now, I know a lot of Bulls fans they have issues with the overtime period and, you know, DeMar DeRozan getting that last shot. We'll talk a little bit about that. But this was a game in which the Bulls showed every bit of the grit for that home crowd in the United Center that we've been wanting to see for this team for the entirety of the season. And while it's a little bit too much to ask for the Bulls to play like that every single quarter, right? But the execution part of it is what needs to happen. The Bulls just executed well on, de- on, on defensively. Just to kind of highlight that, in the first half of this game, for example, Anthony Edwards had 23 points after going 6 of 11 from the field and 3 of 4 from three-point range. In the second half of this game, Anthony Edwards only scored 9 points going 4 of 11 and 1 for 4 from three-point range. And it wasn't just that he got cold. No, the Bulls' defense was getting after him and, and closing out on him and just making it more difficult. Players like Anthony Edwards aren't players that you can necessarily stop, right? But you can't slow down and, and force to have inefficient nights. And that's what we did. The the In the second half of the game, the leading scorer for the Minnesota Timberwolves with only 13 points was Alexander Walker. Other than that, like, yeah, Gobert had nine and Anthony Edwards had nine, but it was a bunch of nothing from everybody else. Carl Anthony Towns, uh, I'm sorry, Carl Anthony Towns was the leading scorer with 13 points. Um, and he had, he went three of nine from three point range. So it just the way that this Bulls team played in the second half of this game just reminds everybody of what's capable, of what the Bulls are capable of when they play well, right? First half of the game, Kobe White was was a big nothing, right? Again, he was still doing things to help the team with uh, having those five assists. He only scored three points, but then you look at the second half of this game for Kobe White. The second half, Kobe White led the Bulls with 30 points going 10 of 13 from the field and 7 of 9 from three-point range, and it was even better in the fourth quarter of the game. The fourth quarter of this game was so special for Kobe White. It was basically the closest thing that he had to arriving in the NBA moment, right, as far as like a star level. 21 points in the fourth quarter alone 
did Kobe White have? The Minnesota Timberwolves had a total of 23 points as a team, meaning Kobe White almost outscored the Minnesota Timberwolves in the fourth quarter by his damn self. This was the game in which Kobe White took over in the fourth. Seven of eight from the field, four or five from three-point range. He, he still chipped in rebounds, assists, got some steals in there. Kobe White, this was the closest thing to, to like I said, a game of him arriving to stardom that you can have in there. And Kobe White talked a little bit about it after the game. He said this. Can't control whether you make or miss shots for me. So for the most part, like obviously sometimes it's going to bother you because you work so hard, you know what I'm saying? Um, that you want to make shots, but that first half, like I just like every like I, I was just talking to AC, like every shot I shook, really, 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 every shot I took, really felt like it was it was good, like it was going in, like it wasn't more so like like it was coming out of my hand right, like I was focused, I was locked in, and, and they just didn't go in. And then the second half, I just I just try to you know stay stay disciplined to what I was doing, stay disciplined to my shot, and, and it started to fall. So you know sometimes you're gonna make, sometimes you're gonna miss. You know for me it's just. I just got to control what I can control and continue to be there for my teammates and, and, and bring a positive energy and a positive attitude and, and try to just go out there and compete. Just, I feel like, I mean, at the start of the season, I was shooting the ball very poorly. Like the first, I want to say, 15 games, I just couldn't throw a ball in the ocean. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like ever since then, like, you know, I think I just you got to just stay positive, talk to your mind. And I feel like that's one thing I did was just stay positive, you know, just just try to say, like, you know, talk to myself with self-talk, saying you're going to make shots, you're going to make shots, going in every game. You just stay disciplined your shot, you'll make shots. And like I said, you know, that it, I started to hit, I started to, you know, just make shots. And like I said, I try to just control what I can control. Like, I feel like I wasn't playing bad at the beginning of the year. I just wasn't making shots. And uh, now I'm making shots. So, I mean, that's just, you can't control if you make it miss or make, so. And that's just, like, Kobe White's mentality to go back to that advice he got from Phil Jackson of, you know, how, you know, it, it bothered Jordan when he when he didn't hit a certain number. Kobe didn't. It kind of brings all that home. Right. Kobe saying, hey, I feel like I was playing well in the beginning of the season. My shots just weren't falling. My shots falling now. Self-talk, talking to himself. Kobe White's really becoming that leader and really just rounding out. And it's been such an amazing story to be able to cover here on Chicago Bulls Central. Just the rise of Kobe White. And what that could mean. And we'll talk a little bit about at the trade deadline, how that could affect that. But, you know, one of the things as well that Billy Donovan did well, I talked about his adjustments in the second half, but Billy Donovan saw opportunity to run Andre Drummond and Nikola Vucevic together in the starting lineup, considering how uh, Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns are the starters for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And that really is what changed the outlook of this game hugely, right? It just, just having that ability to just, you know, to, for Drummond to come in and play that way, it was huge, man. You, you got to give up uh, so much credit for, for Drummond. And, you know, Drummond talked about him and Vooch playing together here. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Uh, I've been waiting for this moment. Look forward to uh, playing alongside of him. We've done it a few times already, so uh, it's good to see it in a full game stint. Do you think this matchup can work? I mean, obviously it's a matchup-based starting lineup against their bigs, but can it can it work against them? Yeah, I mean, with practice and you know, some some real time together. I don't see why it can't work. I mean, Booth just played with Big throughout his career, and I've played with other Bigs throughout my career too, so it's not a shock factor or nothing new. We both have done it in our careers. It's just getting that real work in. How much practice have you guys put into that? Today. <laughs> yeah, today, and that really wasn't that long either, but we still figured it out. I mean, he's a smart player. I'm a smart player. I stay out of his way, and, and likewise, we, we figured it out throughout the game, and we uh, really found uh, good chemistry. They got to pick their poison. Uh, whether you let me beat you up in the paint or you can shoot a three and beat you up in the paint. So it's uh, a great dynamic duo. And it's just 
the veterans finding out a way to be impactful. You got to love it. But talking about Kobe White's huge fourth quarter, we also I do want to talk about, in fairness, DeMar DeRozan's overtime period. Now, I know some Bulls fans look at this and say, well, was Billy Donovan kind of relying too much on DeMar DeRozan so he would, would have gone with the hot hand more in overtime in Kobe White? But DeMar DeRozan in the fourth quarter of this game, he only took three shots. Only took three shots. But he scored 10 points for the Chicago Bulls in that by getting to the free throw line six times. That's why I'm not as uh, as much as like, oh, well, they froze Kobe out of the offense or anything like that. I think this, this is what DeMar's strength is. And while he didn't hit the game-winning shot, the overtime period was DeMar's. Four, 10 points scored in that overtime period. We only scored a total of 14 points. The other four points coming from Io DeSumo. So DeMar had that huge overtime period as well that also helped propel the Bulls to this win. And again, a great team win. I have this marked as probably the best win on the season when you look at the Minnesota Timberwolves defense, that lead that they had, where the Minnesota Timberwolves are now being ranked the third team in the Western Conference. They were number two coming into this game. Uh, but yeah, just really good positive vibes coming from this game. And now we got business to take care of because even though the Bulls won that game, it's trade deadline time. We have one day until the trade deadline. If you're watching this the day that it was posted, this is the day before the trade deadline. And right now, reportedly, the Bulls are still very active at the trade deadline. DeMar De, I mean, DeMar DeRozan, uh, Billy Donovan saying this, no staff meetings, but certainly there are discussions. I did talk to our tourists. I think that maybe I've mentioned before, Sacramento, when you have five days out, that's still a long time out, he said, uh, uh, our tourists has had conversations with a lot of different people. I did not, from him in our conversations, hear that he anything's definitive or anything else like that. He did come in this morning and talk to me about having different conversations because we're leaving tomorrow that we'd be on the phone if we need to talk more things if happened. So basically what that's saying is that Arturis Karnasova basically let Billy Donovan know, hey, before you head out on the road, don't be surprised if I do call you. We may be working on some things. And of course, Bulls fans, rightfully so, have doubts around how active this front office is really going to be at the trade deadline. And I can't knock that at all. When you look at it, facts are facts. The, 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 the Chicago Bulls have been an inactive team at trade deadlines for basically three years in a row. So because of that, you don't really have that expectation that they're going to do much at the trade deadline. But the fact that they're still having conversations, the fact that, you know, uh, our tourists let Billy Donovan know, listen, we'll call you. Something may be in the works. We're, we're having a bunch of discussions, but that's led like to things that like uh, we got Zach Lowe coming out yesterday and said, Alice Caruso is drawing strong interest from several playoff teams ahead of the February 8th deadline. I wouldn't shock me if the Bulls ended up with two protected first-round picks if they uh, geared up a trade war for Caruso. However, Lowe did say that, hey, the Bulls aren't necessarily eager to move uh, to move Alice Caruso. So, listen, it, this is all speculative. Everybody, even Zach Lowe, as much as I do like him, I do appreciate Zach Lowe's podcast, they're not tuned in with the Bulls. And, you know, Bulls fans, rightfully so, have this thought process on the Bulls not being very active at trade deadlines. And it's made questions on how, how committed is this front office really to improving the team? Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL 
But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. By any means necessary. And so we have a couple of pieces that reportedly teams are interested in. Caruso, Drummond, and even DeMar DeRozan drawing a little interest, right? We heard yesterday saying that, you know, people wouldn't be surprised around the NBA if the Bulls do look to move DeMar. We'll see if that ends up happening. Um, But I think going into this, and I'm not saying this game did it, but when you have games like this, this is what adds in to AK's desire for continuity. Because this team played great yesterday. It played great last night against the Minnesota Timberwolves. But whatever the Bulls do at the trade deadline, if they make a, a, a move, I feel like it's time for this trade deadline to be more built around passing the torch to Kobe White. Now, I'm not saying that Kobe White is at the place where he, he's going to be a number one on a championship level team or anything like that, but it does come down to this is that we, if you build around or get pieces that help Kobe do his thing better, I'm not even saying move off from DeMar, move on for Vooch. I'm not saying whatever that is. I'm, I'm not focused on those players, but when you help this team, more three-point shooting to allow Kobe White to kind of get more creative. Yes, He's an amazing three-point shooter when he's on, but we're seeing Kobe White develop those point guard skills even more, and I think shooters around him will help with that. Andre Drummond, who's drawing a lot of interest, is a big factor for the Chicago Bulls team, and you know, me and Pat, the designer, had the conversation over on Locked on Bulls, and Pat is of the mind that he wouldn't be surprised if Drummond is gone by this trade deadline to kind of open up some minutes for Adama Sanogo. Now, that is, to me, trusting a lot in Billy Donovan's ability to want, uh, you know, to play a young player which Billy hasn't shown a whole hell of a lot of propensity to do. But still, there's there that aspect of it. But I think whatever the Bulls do, no matter who they move, if we can get Javon Carter up out of here, even better. But I think it has to be around building this team uh, to help Kobe White excel and to see what you really have in him. Again, until you have a better player, you have to build your team around somebody's skill set. And Kobe White, with his growth, both passing-wise, you know, defensive-wise, his basketball IQ, really uh, being evident as well. I think this may be the time where if you're making moves, you have to keep in mind, how does this help put Kobe White in the right and better situations than maybe what he's been? That's also with Io and other players as well. I really hope they hold on to Caruso, but I think this team has to be open to all things and at least be listening to deals. And hearing that AK is doing that, I do like that he's listening to those deals. We'll see if anything does happen. Nothing's imminent, as we know. I think the bigger thing at at the end of the day is just that we don't know what this Bulls front office is going to do, right? We don't have a level of confidence in this front office that uh, the history of them being willing and dealing and and willing to do whatever it takes to improve the team. They're still a team that's owned by Jerry Reinsdorf, which means that comes with its own limitations of the luxury tax basically being your hard cap. And you can still build a quality team for that, but you have to be smart in your contracts. You have to be smart and hit on your draft picks if you want to do that. And we'll see if this first office can get that done, man. This trade deadline, I don't know, in my own personal, not reporting, right? I don't know how to feel on this trade deadline. In, in one mind, I feel like hearing that the front office has been as active in looking at deals as what they are, even going to the extent of being willing to move Lonzo Ball's contract, uh, has me thinking that, hey, they're, they're really exploring all things. But then at the same time, just the history of it, right? I, I'm somebody who I very much so, once somebody shows you who they are, you believe it. And AK, continuity is his thing, not just here, but he showed that in Denver as well. He really didn't give up on players that he drafted or brought into the team. So, you know, we'll see, man. Um, 
at the end of the day, it's not about just making any move. It's about making the right move. And I don't want to have a front office that's reactionary, but I do want to have a front office that stays, that tries to do what it takes to stay competitive as other teams around you are making moves to get better. I want to be that team as well who sees this Bulls team making moves. Kobe White's been a great bright spot for this team, developing the way that he has, turning into this player that he's turned into. It's been great to watch. It's been great for that to be the story for the Chicago Bulls. But we need more than that if we truly want to do what AK says that is their plan and their goal, and that's to compete and, and make it further in the playoffs. And we'll see if this trade deadline adds any more clarity to that, but I do think that this, this deadline needs to be about, in a way, passing that coach, that, that torch to Kobe White, and we'll see what that ends up bringing. Now, we did also get comments from Billy Donovan about Zach Levine's injury and, you know, with things that we already knew, right? He said he said this and he was asked before the game. It's definitely Zach's decision. Giving him a week was the consultation part to be able to get other, uh, other opinions. The one thing I respect about our medical group is that they've always been really open to making sure the guys get the best medical care. So whether it was Patrick Williams breaking his wrist and going to a wrist specialist or Lonzo's knee, there's always going to be a second and third opinions. I think everybody here in the organization has been supported, supportive to figure out what's the best course of action Everybody has been in lockstep. So basically, Billy Donovan saying that the, the the Bulls franchise, the team, is in support of Zach Levine's decision to get surgery. Now, you know, you know that's kind of different than what we initially heard, right? That it was Zach and his camp's decision. But hearing that the front office and the medical staff was involved in this as well, I don't know if that does anything different for the narratives around, you know, this to be avoidance of, you know, a trade to Detroit. But it still comes down to, Billy Donovan saying that this was Zach Levine's decision, and this is the decision that he made. Now, what does this do for the Bulls' flexibility? I mean, I've said it before. It makes it more difficult for the Bulls to move Zach Levine even this offseason, I think. You know, those medicals would have to be extremely clear, and teams are going to want to make sure that that's nothing lingering on with Zach Levine's foot if they were to try to make a trade for him by the draft or whatever else in the offseason. I still personally hold it as being unlikely that Zach Levine has moved this offseason. But it's still going to be the best-case scenario for Zach Levine and everybody involved in this is for Zach Levine. The thing that's going to be best for Zach is for Zach Levine to come back. The Bulls are, are winning him, playing well and fitting in that role. And I don't think that's going to change regardless of what comes out between now and the offseason. It still stays the same. Zach Levine needs to come back. He needs to stay healthy on the basketball court. And he needs to contribute to winning if he really wants to go to another team and a team take a shot at, at bringing him into their, their roster. So. Let me know what you guys think on that down below. Let's go ahead and get into the last thing for today. We got one voicemail I want to play. This one, this one's from Shay. Yo, Hayes, what's up, man? It's Shay. Look, I understand that people want us to make a trade, and possibly we might have to trade Alex Caruso. And I hear that the Bulls want some another, like an OG and an OB type of player, which is a lockdown defender. But let me tell you something, man. Look, I understand all that, and that's cool, but you have to look at where the Bulls are at right now. Yeah, we middle of the pack, but we in much better position than a lot of teams that were deemed to be better than us. And then... On top of that, we still got a chance to at least make the eighth or seventh seed, seventh seed at least. And we're not necessarily out, down, and out, you know, to the point where we can't make, the point where we can't even make the playoffs. Now, look, I know what y'all are saying, that it don't make no sense. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But at the end of the day, I mean, you don't necessarily want to end up like the Toronto Raptors and make moves off of reactionary. I think Pat the designer also said, said this too, you know what I'm saying? You don't want to be necessarily where they're at. Idea, then you end up having another problem bigger than what you had at first. See, me, I think we might need to keep 
players like Alex Caruso around, especially since we don't know the fate that DeMar DeRozan did too. We don't know if Zach Levine might get traded in the offseason or if he might or if the or if he might get traded throughout the deadline. Either way it goes, you probably might need to hold on to Caruso, hold on to guys like Caruso just for this just for this season and figure out and trade and probably trade him and maybe this coming off season because Two, you don't know how, you don't know what DeMar is still going to do. So, so, that, so that's one veteran piece that's unsure. And then two, and then two, this, I mean, you really don't necessarily want to put yourself in full-blown rebuild mode right now, especially at this trade deadline, especially with you only being the ninth seed, the ninth seed and us having a little bit better position than what us having a little bit better position to possibly make the eighth seed or seventh seed because at the end of the day, you still want to be competitive in the playoffs, even though you might lose in the first round. You still want to be competitive because we still have three young studs that are actually coming into their own. But that's just how I'm thinking. Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace. No reactionary moves. That's the thing that I pulled from that. And there's something to be said about a front office not always being reactionary, right? I think you see some front offices around the league, yeah, they're more active, but all, the, all their moves are built around being reactionary to either other things going on, the roster not working out, the fan base, and then they just stay in this place of never really settling in on something. And I do commend the Bulls for not being one of those teams, but you can't allow your fear of being reactionary to have no movement at all. And I think that's the biggest thing that we don't want as Bulls fans is we don't want this front office to just be inactive in fear of it being reactionary because guess what? That's how you get passed up. That's how you don't stay up with the other teams that are making moves and steadily improving, you want to be aggressive. You don't want to be reactionary. But you, uh, but when you're aggressive is as important as being aggressive overall. And so the Bulls have to take advantage of things. We have expiring contracts next season, next offseason. Could the Bulls be a little bit more aggressive then like they were when they brought DeMar and, uh, and, and Lonzo here and Alex Caruso? That was an offseason where the Bulls technically had no true cap space, but they were aggressive enough and you and smart enough to use their contracts to bring considerable talent to this team. That's what we need and want to see from the Chicago Bulls again. It's not about just being reactionary, making moves to make moves. It's about making the right moves and taking advantage of the opportunities you have with things on your roster to get the most out of. And so hopefully that's what we see from the Chicago Bulls. If it's not at this trade deadline in in, in the offseason so that we can considerably improve and change this team because while we get flashes like last night, those are just flashes for a reason. We need to bring something and have a more clear vision to where we can do that and play at that level more consistently than what we've played up until this point. But that's my time for today, guys. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related, thanks to you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.